Welcome to another interview at Animal Cafe. Each Monday, we offer a new podcast with experts and enthusiasts working to better the lives of animals. Check our website, animalcafe.co, for upcoming interviews and more. Today at Animal Cafe with Ali Tagnati of Pet Airways, the country's first pet-only airline where pets fly in the cabin and not in cargo. Welcome, Ali. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. Well, thank you for being here. Uh, can you tell us a little about yourself and your connection with Pet Airways? Sure. Um, I first came on board with Pet Airways in 2008. Um, it was a five-year-in-the-making um, idea for. Elisa Binder and Dan Wiesel, and then they approached me to come on board and help with our launch, and we launched in July of 2009, and it's just been an exciting, uh, fun, upward um, experience for uh, for me to be a part of. So it, it's been it's been thrilling. That brings me to the basic question that everybody's wondering about: How did the airline get started? Um, how did it go from uh, a concept, an idea, and the founder's eyes to this operational, fully operational business that uh, recently went public. Well, it's it's really a fun it's a fun story. Uh, Dan and Elisa were moving from the San Francisco area down to Florida, and they have this great little dog named Zoe, Jack Russell Terrier, and Zoe was a little bit on the older side at the time, and she was just a nudge too big to fit underneath her seat with the pet carrier, so she had to go down in cargo. And it just worried Dan and Elisa, you know, immensely throughout their trip. What was she doing down there? Could she breathe okay? Was it was it lit? Was it air controlled? And um, that kind of, you know, just sparked the idea in their head. There's just got to be a better way for pets to move around the country. And that was their idea. And they just stuck with it and worked um, worked their hands to the bone trying to get it up and running and, and up in the air. And they literally did. Did they have any background in the airline business? Actually, Dan, yes, he is uh, a built aircraft himself, um, very avid um, aviation fan, and just always intrigued with airlines and aircraft and airplanes. And uh, we've partnered with Suburban Air out of Omaha, Nebraska, and they've been a great partner for us. So um, we uh, use their aircraft. We've uh, modified the inside of the cabins. We've taken out the overhead bins and the seats that you and I would sit in. We fly Beechcraft 1900s. And um, we typically can fit about 50 pets per flight. And if you and I were to, to travel on the plane, it would fit about 19 human passengers. And we really thought long and hard, Dan and Lisa did, on what type of an aircraft to use for the pets. And we chose the Beechcraft 1900 because its uh, safety record is impeccable. And it flies at a slower and a little bit lower altitude. So um, it's easy for the pilot to you know, maintain um, kind of a constant um, speed and it's not too turbulent for the pets, so it just kind of works all the way around. It's been it's been great so far. I did read on your website that it's a little bit slower, um, and I'm interested in the logistics of the flight from bringing your pet to the airport to picking the pet up, including potty breaks. Potty breaks. Everybody asks about the potty breaks. It's a great, great question. <laughs> um, we have pet lounges um, set up in all of our airports. Uh, throughout the country. So you bring your pet into the pet lounge and you're greeted by our wonderful staff who has had quite a lot of training with um, pets. Most of them have come out of veterinarian offices themselves, of vet techs, 
um, have a passion for pets, have worked with shelters, rescues, or with breeders, and really um, have this passion to see um, our company really take off. And um, you bring in your pet into the pet lounge, and we check them in. And we do actually, um, before you bring in your pet into the pet lounge, during kind of our reservation process, uh, prior to flight, we do a pet profile call. We really try to learn as much as we can about each individual. We call them passengers. Um, so we really um, try to learn about our passengers as much as we can, try to get their health uh, background, their temperament, um, how they are to males, females, who do they prefer to be handled with. And um, it really helps our pet lounge uh, folks know each pet each passenger as they're coming through the door so that we can keep them safe, comfortable um, at all times. That's really our priority is safety and comfort. So um, they come into the pet lounge and they're greeted by our staff. Uh, they go into their individual pet carriers. They get walked before flight. Um, they get potty breaks. They get, um, if there's medication that needs to be given to them, that's another another topic that we cover in our pet profile. We really want to make sure that they're comfortable at all times. So we really follow any instructions that are given to us uh, by the pet parents, and it's really important for us to get to know each one. In some of the longer flights, um, do you actually land the plane and take the dogs out and reward them? We do. We do. And so if, if someone, you know, has a concern, I really don't want my pet to come out of the pet carrier, you know, we'll listen to that, but we really like to try to get them out of the pet carrier, stretching, walking around, a potty break, if they need a sip of water. We really watch them. A pet attendant is caring for them every 15 minutes, walking up and down the aisle on our um, aircraft to make sure that everybody's happy and tails are wagging or they're sleeping and snoring. Um, so the pet attendant really keeps an eye on them and then can also uh, let the ground staff know when it la lands. You know, this one might need a little walk or this one needs a little more TLC, whatever it may be. So it uh, creates really a, a nice environment for them at all times. What kind of training do your pet attendants get? Are they equipped to cope? Well, you mentioned that a lot of them are vet techs, but do they have specific training to cope with unexpected uh, behavioral and medical issues within? Absolutely. 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 So when we go to um, fill one of our, our positions, we really look for someone who has had ample training in the past, and then they go through our training process as well um, so that we know that they're going to be a good fit for pet airways and for our passengers. Um, so, yes. And, you know, that's why we really look for folks who have been around animals for most of their career um, who, you know, can actually um, handle them in all different situations if their temperament becomes more aggressive. But, you know, luckily, you know, knock on wood, we really don't have um, any, really any big issues like that because we do so much research on each passenger before they fly with us. Um, we know if there might be a sign of aggression and, and that way we can, you know, help that pet out to make them feel at ease and comfortable. We recommend that the pet parent packs a shirt or something with the scent of the owner that goes in the pet carrier um, with the pet during flight so they feel comfortable insecure. Uh, we provide the pet carrier, um, which is an added bonus for um, our pet parents, and it fits, you know, safely, securely in the aircraft. They're all strapped in. Um, they stay inside the pet carrier during flight. And uh, like I mentioned, you know, safety is such a big priority for us in making sure they're, they're always comfortable. Now, I know you don't discriminate against any specific breeds, but do you determine beforehand if there are any types of pets who shouldn't be flying? Do you tell the owner that this is not a good idea to fly with this? Absolutely. Yes, we do. And we also, um, if we see that they look ill or they've been sedated 
or there's you know anything that's unusual, um, we really try to coach that pet parent um, about their pet, and we won't fly them if they're sedated because we really recommend um, we don't sedate them at all. There's no need to. They're going in the main cabin uh, where it's climate controlled and it's well lit and. You know, they're traveling just as though you and I would travel. So um, there's no need to ever sedate them. And uh, many times we'll pick up the phone and talk to um, that passenger's vet ourselves to complete a health profile um, on a particular pet if we see kind of any red flags. Uh, we have a two-hour window before um, our flights depart. So it gives us kind of, you know, a, a time to spend with each pet to get to know them and to kind of watch their temperament to kind of... Um, you know, help out if we see any situations like that. One of the things um, that I realize that a lot of people don't know is that you have to make separate separate arrangements uh, from those of your pets and that you don't fly out from the same airports as the commercial passenger airlines do. Well, it, it depends. Actually, we do in some of the um, some of the cities. In some of the other cities like Los Angeles, we chose Hawthorne Airport, which is just a hop, skip, and a jump from LAX, uh, from the Los Angeles International Airport, so that um, it's less stressful for the pets. So we really kind of go into each city. We um, look at the space that's available to make sure it's not going to be a stressful situation for the pets. Um, they're not going to be around, you know, cars coming in and out, honking, you know, human passengers getting in and out. We, we really try to select an area that's um, secure for them, that has an area for a potty break. Um, with some grass and a, a place to be walked, and you don't necessarily have that at some of the um, airports around the country. So that's kind of why we chose some of the smaller airports to fly in and out of. But an example is um, in Baltimore, we fly out of BWI. So um, as we expand, we try to make it as convenient as we can for the pet parents, but passengers always come first for us, and that's why we select the airports that we do. Now, do you um, find that people... Because there's coordination involved, because you don't fly every day and you don't fly from all the airports yet, which I'll get into, I'm wondering if people at the current time are taking are using pet airways for casual vacations or are they doing it more for relocation or for long term longer term stays you know it's 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 a great question it's all over the board uh one of the fun um trips I've had when we were launching was to really ask each uh, pet parent that was coming in to drop off their passenger, you know, why the passenger was making the flight. And it's really all over the board. Uh, yes, relocation is huge for us. It's a safe way to get them from point A to point B across the country. But we really also help out with rescues, with adoptions, with helping with a lot of the shelters to move pets around the country. And uh, the military, when they're going from base to base, has been a big um, a big bucket for us, you know, to help them. We really want to make sure we're helping our military and, and, and helping even service animals move around. So it's we don't really have one niche in that in, in our market. It's it's really anyone who needs to um, travel with a pet. It's a lot of folks who have second homes, who are snowbirds, and are going back and forth from their homes, and it's just to help them because they used to have to drive, you know, make that drive with their pets. And uh, we've really opened all that up and really opened up adoption across the country, which we're really proud of. Um, so, but short term, at this point, not so much in, in terms of, you know, let's say you're taking a week vacation, you want your pet to come along. Um, that's probably not the dominant um, type of passengers you service at this point. 
Uh, we see, we definitely see it, um, and we see that growing as it, you know, it's it's a new concept for people to even you know think about. Like, wow, oh my gosh, this is great! I can now you know go visit my mom in California at the beach during the summer and bring Fluffy along as well. So we're really seeing that that market open us open up for us as well. Now, what happens if there's a problem with the human flight or with the pet flight? Um, you know, if they just don't coordinate, where does the pet? Well. Where does the pet stay to wait if, uh, if Where, yeah, no great question. Um, I love that. Uh, we get that asked a lot actually, um, because as we know, the commercial flights um, do get delayed quite often, and we really don't. So, we're, unless it's weather related, um, we can take off, and uh, we're not on the same kind of schedule as a commercial airline is. So. Uh, we, our times are pretty good. We actually come in early. But if, if the pet parent, um, needs to, uh, is delayed and can't get to their passenger in time, we would stay with that passenger until they arrive. Um, their safety and comfort is, is our main concern and they're never left alone. They're never left, um, we've slept overnight when we had horrible, um, weather in the East Coast this past winter. Our staff in Baltimore was great, slept with the pets overnight. We've got great pictures that we had put on our Facebook page. Um, of them and the pets and how we made them comfortable and comfy and they ate and they drank. They they had fun. It was like a play date for them. Um, but we, we will stay with them at all times. That's great. Well, I know that you've expanded uh, recently and I'd love to hear where you've, uh, where you've gone recently and where you're planning to go next. Oh, okay. Um, well, in 2009, in July, we launched in five cities and so now we uh, just recently announced, I mean, we grew to nine, and now we, um, we've added Orlando, uh, three city, major cities in Texas, um, Dallas, Houston, and Austin, and St. Louis. And our goal is really to be in at least uh, the top 25 metropolitan cities around the country and beyond. So um, our goal is to, is to expand as rapidly as we can, as fast as our little pause will allow us to. Um, we're trying to move really fast. Uh, there's this huge demand. Um, from the pet community to see us expand all over the country to help help move the pets around. So um, we know we're, we're we're trying to move as fast as we can. It's probably the number one question of phone calls we get or inquiries on our Facebook page and emails into our website is you know when are you coming to our town? There definitely isn't a lack of interest. Um, that's been from day one. It's just been embraced. Well, it's it's a very exciting concept. So I have one final question. Um, which is, well, we, we have a lot of different readers. This is Animal Cafe, so it's not just cats and dogs, and I'm wondering, um, you, you accept guinea pigs, you accept rats, but why don't you accept <laughs> rabbits? <laughs> um, we have taken a couple rabbits. Um, it's not, uh, it, it's, it's difficult. We're worried about their safety at this point, and we want to get to the point where we make sure that we don't lose any rabbits um, that would pass away or anything in our care. That's just not anything that we would ever, ever want to have happen. Um, we are expanding. We've, we've moved a hermit crab. We've, uh, we've taken you know, fish. We've done some really fun things for some families that have called up and said, oh, my gosh, you know, little Billy is going to be crushed if the hermit crab doesn't make it across country for our move. So we really try to work on a case-by-case uh, basis and really listen to um, to the pet parent that's calling in and um, listening to how the how the pet is and what's going on. So we hope to um, expand, but we want to make sure what we're doing right now today and tomorrow is the best that we can do and to be the best that we can be before we 
um, branch out and add different types of, of animals to the plane. Now, what is but you know we could we could end up as Noah's Ark you know at some point in our in our uh, it could be in our future. <laughs> What's the largest pet you've taken and the most unusual one so far? Oh gosh, pet. Um, I, I would say the hermit crab because we just all got a kick out of that being so itty bitty and tiny and delicate and oh gosh you know making sure that it was going to survive the trip. I would say that was probably the largest uh, or the large breed dogs you know the the um, the large breed dogs. And they're just great. And it's really fun to watch the pets get um, put onto the aircraft. And they're barking and meowing and tails are wagging and they're panting and they're, they're excited. And then it's almost like, you know, how babies experience white noise and they go to sleep. That pretty much happens when they're in flight. They, they go to sleep. They curl up. That's why it's great to have something that smells like the owner inside their pet carrier. And they curl up. And then as we land, they get all excited again. And you open up the hatch to the aircraft, and there comes all the, like, wagging tails. I mean, we have these fun, cute stories from our flight, our in-flight pet attendant and our, and our pilots um, about, you know, all the different meowing and barking that they that they get to listen to. Have have you recorded the sound at any point? No, but you know what? That's a great idea. Should. We should. That yeah. would be that would be great for like a, a viral video on YouTube. I'll have to remember that one. I'd watch it in a minute. Well, <laughs> thank you so much for your time, Allie. I really appreciated having you as a guest. Oh, thank you. It's been fun.